Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Prayer House Podcast. Our mission and vision is to spread the gospel and good news to the ends of the world by building a community whose foundation is on Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi everyone. I hope you can hear me. Firstly, I'd like to thank and praise God for giving me this opportunity uh, to speak before you all. I would also like to thank um, Prayer House and the leaders of Prayer House for making this happen. May God bless you all. For tonight's meditation, I'd like to read a verse. Luke chapter 10, verse 41 to 42. It says, Martha, Martha, Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Our Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you, O Lord, for giving us this time to come together and praise and worship your name, O Lord. Lord, thank you for the goodness and mercy you shot upon our lives, O Lord. Thank you for sending your one and only Son to die on the cross for our sins, O Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone on this call, O Lord. Bless them, O Lord. Search their hearts and fill out their desires, O Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask that you take control of this meeting as we spend some time and meditate on your word, O Lord. All is much more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Jesus was visiting the house of Martha and Mary. And just like when we have guests to come come to our house, our mom's going to get panicked and they were like, oh, we're going to start cleaning and they go cook food and prepare. And that's exactly what Martha did. We live in a day and age where we have schedules that you follow. Like for me, typically, I wake up, I get ready, um, I go to work, I spend about eight to nine hours at work. Um, if I have errands, I run errands, I come home, uh, cook, clean, relax, and go to bed. That's pretty much how a typical weekday looks for us, look for me. Sometimes we are so busy meeting demands and expectations. Have you ever stopped and wondered, if you're using our time rightly, if you're making ourselves available for God. The theme for, the theme for this week is get connected. Today, I would like to talk about how to connect with God. The first point on that is be available. Have you tried to be available by putting God first in your life, but things did not go as planned? That could mean that you decided that you wanted to pray for 10 minutes every day, or you will wake up and spend time reading the Bible the first thing in the morning. But life happened. Why is it so hard to put God first? Maybe it's because when we think that we have to make God a priority, it means giving us giving him most of our time and energy, which is not true. We need to have God at the center of our lives. If he's at the center of our lives, he's controlling, he is touching every aspect of our life. He's there when you are at school. He's there when you go to work. If you have a stressful meeting, he's there in that meeting with you. If you have taken an exam and you're afraid, he's there to give you confidence. You can talk to him whenever and wherever. If you're driving, I love to do that when I drive. I don't like driving much, but if I'm driving long distance, I talk randomly to God. If someone sees me driving, they're going to think I'm crazy because I'm just sitting and talking. But that's it. He wants to connect with us. He wants to encourage us and guide us. But when we are living our life on autopilot, meeting, meeting demands and expectations and waiting for the next thing to happen, we're pretty much telling God, sorry, I'm not available. And we're missing out on things, what God wants to tell us. Mary knew this, and that's why she sat at Jesus' feet, just to listen to him while Martha was staying busy around the house. There is power in literally stopping for a few minutes in quiet time with God. And that can just be, like in my case, that can just be before I go to work. It doesn't have to mean you're spending a whole day in, in front of him. 
God is always speaking. But what we need to do is stop, listen to him. But we should do that first by making ourselves available to him. So that's the first point. Be available. Second point. We can connect with God through the word. Knowing what God said is very important. Our mind is influenced by our thought, by what we believe in. A single thought can change the way we think. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In order to live in this world, we need to know what God is saying. Sometimes we make excuses. We say that we don't have time to read the Bible. We don't, have, we don't understand it. Sometimes we read out of obligation instead of passion. I've done that, mostly when I used to go to school. Before I left home, my mom, the first thing my mom used to ask is, did you read the Bible? I would quickly go to my room, take the Bible, open a Sam, and read it, and rush out to catch the bus. That's what we've done. But reading and, reading and studying the Word of God is one way to connect with God. Just like a regular relationship can have hills and valleys, so does our relationship with God. So when you're in that valley, we need to know the truth, which is the Word of God, to get out of it. The Word of God teaches us a lot of things. It teaches us how to live life. It protects us from lies. There are so many lies that we believe. Last year in our church, we started a book club with few youth girls. And one of the books that we read was called Lies Young Women Believe. As I went through the book, I realized that there were so many lies that I believed. And I didn't think of them as lies. It's just that things that I just said. And sometimes when you say something so often, it becomes the truth. But in the book, for every lie it mentions, it gave a biblical truth. Like, for example, the lie was that it mentioned in the first few chapters actually was, I have to take care of myself. That was a lie. And I have said this so many times in my life. Here's a backstory of me. I came to this country when I was 18 for college. I didn't know anyone. Um, everything was new. I lived in Massachusetts for four years, and I moved to Connecticut five years ago. When I moved to Connecticut, I knew no one. Literally, there was not a distant friend, a distant relative, no one. It was the one state where my family had nobody in this state. But God opened ways. And to this day, the only people I know is my church family. And I am pretty happy with that. But as I went through those years in my life, there were so many times I've said, just because I lived alone, I had to take care of myself. I have said, oh God, I wish I wasn't alone. I wish I didn't have a deuce by myself. But that's not true. God was always with me. I was just trying to control my own life. As Psalms 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I'm God. Whether we know it or not, there are so many lies that we believe in our day-to-day -day lives. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32 says, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Real transformation happens when we change our old way of thinking and replace it with God's truth. We all face different situations and trials, and as we go through them, there's so many lies that we believe. During those times, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to scriptures so, so that we can memorize it and declare it over life. You say it so often enough that once you confess it, you, you keep confessing it, you're going to believe it. 
Romans 8 verse 37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We stand in the victory of Jesus. His finished work on the cross guarantees us that, guarantees us forgiveness, a peace, healing. You name it, we have it. There is no lie on this earth that can take that away from us. But we need to declare that. We need to know who we are and what we have in Christ and say it over and over again. Fear. Fear is a very common emotion. We have struggled with it. It's very easy to struggle with that. It is the fear of the unknown. We don't know what lies ahead, so that makes us afraid. Most of the time, the solution to fear is faith. What is faith? In the dictionary, it says, complete trust of confidence in someone or something. In the Bible, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. In other words, both the dictionary and the Bible are saying that Faith is having confidence in a particular outcome we haven't seen yet. Sometimes it's hard to have faith when the worry takes over. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. And that's why we need to take the time to study the word of God. When we're struggling with fear, anxiety, worry, we're just misplacing our faith. Faith is something that we can't see yet, right? That can be positive and that can be negative. Fear is having faith that something bad is going to happen. In order to overcome it, all we need to do is redirect that to the positive truth, which is from the Word of God. There are so many Bible stories and worship that can help us in any situations. But in order to do that, our foundation, the Word of God, has to be really strong. Really strong. The Bible says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Our God is a very good God. One of the places I struggled the most with fear was exams when I used to take it in college. I think I've shared this in my church before, but I want, to, I want to share an instance where God did a miracle in my life. I was in grad school. I, was, I majored in computer science, and one of the classes I had was called Unix. It was a difficult class, and most importantly, I had a difficult professor. And I didn't mind that because I like to be challenged, so I was fine with that. But also that meant he was not very lenient. All his exams, his homeworks are very difficult. I worked hard the entire semester, and I managed to maintain an A grade till the very end, till finals came. It was my last final of the semester. I really just wanted to be done with school and take a break. So when the final came along, I didn't study as much as I should have. Something my mom said growing up, she always said, Betsy, you have to do your best and let God do the rest. You cannot go into an exam without studying and expect God to give you 100%. That doesn't happen. So when I went and took this exam, as I was going through the problems, I realized that I did not study enough. And I was very upset because I had worked so hard the entire semester. I was like, I'm, it's the last exam, the last paper. And I was going to lose. I was so afraid of losing my A. I know it doesn't make much sense, but all I cared was getting an A in the class. I, I did the math before. I knew I could lose up to 70 points and I would still have my A. After I was done with the exam. I have the answer sheet because we submitted it online. I went home. I did the math. I, could, I was about to lose 90 points. I was very upset. But I'm very real with God. And I told God the truth. I was like, I know. I know this is on me because I did not study as, as well as I should have. But I told God, my house desire is that I get an A in the class. Once the results, were, once the results came out, my friends texted me and said, 
Betsy um, Ruzoza, go check your grade. And then they told me their grades. And they were confident what they did. So when they told me their grades was lower than what they expected, I was like, oh my gosh, this professor was definitely very strict in his grading. So I didn't even want to check my grade. I did not. For a few hours, I didn't check my grade because I was like, if I look at it, I'm going to be upset and that's going to spoil the whole day. But eventually, I did. And when I went and looked at my grade, the first thing I said was, that is not my grade. I said, the professor made a mistake. I need to email the professor. I told my friends that. They were like, you're an idiot. Just accept that grade and be happy with it. Because the grade was 100%. I got a perfect score on that exam, which I know for a fact was impossible because I have the answer sheet I submitted. There are wrong answers in it. So what I did, I emailed the professor. And the only reason I emailed him, because I, I felt that when he entered the grades online, he probably put my grade under somebody else and someone else had my grade. So I felt bad. I was like, I don't want anyone else to get my grade. So I emailed the professor and I said, can you please recheck my grade? Because I did make a mistake on the exam. He responded and said, I did not find any, any, any problem with your solutions. Your grade stays. That moment is when I thank God. Because I was like, either God changed my answers or he literally just blinded the guy's eyes when he was grading it. I told my friends that and they were like, Betsy, you lied. You lied and said that you did bad when you did really well. And I told them, I can email you my answers. I have the exact answer sheet that I uploaded to the professor. You can have it. It was wrong. But God did that in my life. God never planned for us to do anything on our own. He wants to do it with us. Another way to connect with God is through prayer. Communication is a key for any relationship. When we talk, we share information, we share jokes, we share insights, we share hopes, our dreams, our desires with someone else. It's through communication that we develop our relationship with people. Prayer is nothing more, nothing less than that. It is communicating with God. How awesome is that? God, the creator of all things, all-powerful, all-knowing, wants to talk to us. He loves us that much. As the Bible says in 1 John 3 verse 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Prayer connects us with God. It makes us understand his characters, his intentions and thoughts. You don't make a best friend in one day. It takes time. Right? You, you talk to them, you, you put time and energy into it. And that's, how, and that's how our relationship with God has to be. It helps us experience God in his presence through troubles and pains. For me, I got close to God when I didn't have anyone. There was a time in my life when I was by myself. I did, I was, it was a new place. We had moved around with my family and I didn't know anyone in this new country. I had no friends. Um, church was new. Everything was new. But that's when I grew with my relationship with God. And I told God, I don't have anyone, so I'm coming to you. And that meant I used to, I have come to a point where I'm very real with God. I, this is going to sound, maybe some, maybe sound weird, maybe it does not sound weird. I write letters to God. And by that, I mean, they're pretty much just notes in my phone. But the reason I started doing that was there's one day when I just wanted to come and tell God a bad day I had. And I could not get one word out without breaking down in tears. So I was like, fine you know what, I can write it out because I had more control over my emotions than writing out. But that's what I did. I spoke of things, I spoke a lot on things what God has done in my life. But now I want to tell you something else. 
why I came to talk about what I talked about today. In the beginning of July, Faith called me and asked me on a Monday evening whether I wanted to speak for Prayer House. And she told me I had up until Friday to give my answer. I hung up that call and the first thing I told God is, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. See, the beginning of this year, in the month of February and March, I went through a difficult time. Because my relationship with God was so real, I always told God everything that was happening in my life. But it had reached a point where I was frustrated, I was tired, I was fed up. I didn't even, I, was told, I told God I'm done. I was sad, I was lonely, I was depressed, I was all of it. For the most part, in the past years when those happened, usually I bounced back within a week. But I went for a long time, for two months. I did not talk to God. I didn't want to go to church. Nothing. I, that's how angry I was. But in the month of April and May, that changed. I had things come up where I needed God. So I re- reconnected with God. But when faith called me, I was still in this journey of getting back to where I used to be. And I still, and I still, and most of the, some people in my church know the story. It was a Wednesday evening. And I told God, I need to give my answer tomorrow. I need to, I need to text faith and tell what I'm doing. It was a typical day. I had gone out, came home, but that night I spent time with God and I asked God, what is that you want me to do? Even though I was, my relationship with God was getting better, it was not where it was supposed to be. And I was like, I cannot go there and speak something and be a hypocrite. I said, I don't want to do that. I don't have the confidence to do that. I said, God, I need a sign for this. I went to bed like a regular night. I went to sleep. But that night turned out to be very different. I woke up around 4.30 in the morning with a lot of pain. I was in a lot of, I didn't even know where the pain was coming from. It was, uh, later on I realized that uh, my chest was hurting and I had difficulty breathing. The pain was really bad. I have spent so many of my time, so much of my time alone. I knew to deal with most of the pain, but this was very new for me. I've never had this pain before. I didn't even know what to do. But since I, like I said, I'm so real with God. I told God, if this is your doing, please stop. I said, you have my attention. I'm awake. We can talk. You know, I'm here. You know, but just take this pain away from me. That's how bad the pain was. I thought that was it. I was like, I live by myself. I was like, this is it. Something's going to happen. And whatever it is. And I, I, I told God, please forgive all my sins. I surrender my life to you. That's what I did because I thought this was it. And I prayed. And the more I prayed, the more it hurt. So finally, I was like, you know what? After an hour of being in so much pain, I was like, I'm going to call somebody because I don't like bothering people. That's just me. I've, I've become too independent to the point where I was like, I should figure this out on my own. But eventually I did call somebody. And then a long story short, they came over. I was taken to the ER. But then I came back home a few hours later. The funny thing is when, they, when I went to the ER, they did all the tests, but they didn't know what caused the pain. I still was sent back home. And a couple of days later, I did get better. I was fine. But once I got back, I texted Faith and said, I'll do it. And she had no idea when I texted her that none of the incident in the morning happened. No clue at all. For the most part, no one knew about it. But I took it as a sign that that's what God wanted me to do. And that's what I did. Sometimes we think that we cannot come before God because we have messed up. We think that we need to take that mess and hide away from God. Nine years ago, I didn't even think I was going to be here speaking in front of you. Fucking nine years ago. Forget, fuck, the beginning of this year, I didn't even think I was doing this. Like I said before, he is a good God. 
he does everything perfect in his time. I was last week, I was listening to the song, What a Beautiful Name It Is. And the line, um, What a Powerful Name is the Name of Jesus. As I sang that line over and over, I was reminded of an incident that happened in my life. And that was years ago. It was more than 10, 11, 12 years ago. I didn't even think about it up until last week. And that's why I want to share this because I was like, it's an encouragement for you. When I was doing high school in Dubai, we have something, the 10th and 12th exams are very important. They're called board exams. The reason they're very important is because the exams come from India, no matter where you are in the, where you are in the country, it comes from India and the exams go back to India. And your results are public, which means that anyone who knows where you go to school can find your grades out, which means there's a lot of pressure from parents and teachers. I was struggling in a class. It was, it was Malayalam. Okay, I can speak Malayalam to an extent, but now it's been, I've been, I, I've been in this country for nine years. I was like, I can't even do that properly anymore. But at that time I could speak. I, I could not write that much well or read. But I took as that as my second language so my mom could help me. To pass in our system, here at 60, you just need 60 points. There is 33. You just need 33 out of 100 to pass but I was struggling with that. See, before I was talking about getting A in a college class, now I'm talking about how I need to pass a class in my high school. That's the big difference I had in my life. So I was struggling in Malayalam. I was barely passing. Um, you know, that's, that's just how it was. And I used to go for tutoring with my teacher on the weekends. I used to meet with her. Um, her daughter was in my class to the same age, so we sit together and we should study. But... Just like you have Sunday service here, for us, our main service is on a Friday. So when I used to go for tutoring, she always used to tell me, and I had to leave early because I had to go to church. And she never liked that. She always used to say that, you know, just stay back. And then one time, as we were getting closer to the date, she said something. She said that, Betsy, what will happen if you don't go to church today? She's like, I'm sure God will understand if you miss one day of church. That day when I went to church, I was very bothered by it. I prayed to God that day. I was like, I need her to, and she's Hindu. I said, I need her to know the God that I serve. It doesn't matter. I said, I don't, I'm not asking for a huge grade. I said, I need, yes, I, I do want to pass. I do want to pass the class. But I said, God, I need her to know there is a difference between me spending two hours in church and spending five hours with her studying. And that was it. That was my prayer. And I prayed that till my results came out. After I took the exam, I remember my mom asked me what's, what's going to happen. I said, mom, please pray that I pass. That's how bad the exam was. Because it is, it is Malayalam. I cannot read or write. It's like someone asked me to write an essay, and I'm like, I don't even know what the topic is. Like, the topic is in Malayalam. I was like, I don't know what that means. So for the essay, I wrote an essay that I just knew. I had memorized and I wrote that down. I was like, it doesn't even match with what they asked. But that's what I did. I was like, I have three hours to finish. He's going to keep writing books. So, which is what I did. So when my mom asked me how it went, I said, mom, please just pray that I pass. But it takes two months for the result to come out. In those two months, the only thing I told God is I need her to know. I need my teacher to know that there is a difference, that there's power in the name of Jesus. So the results came. It came on a Friday early morning. Everyone is actions. No, no one slept. There are family from India. Everybody's waiting for Betsy's result to come out. And my parents didn't sleep. I remember they came early in the morning, 7 o'clock, and knocked on my door and said, Betsy, the results are going to come out in five minutes. Come and sit in front of the computer. I, and that's what I did. And I was expecting 
I was so scared to see what my grade was going to be. And as I went down the list, the class, the subject Malayalam was the highest score I got for all my subjects. I got an 88 out of 100 in that exam, which is, again, once again, impossible. The next day, I went to school. Her daughter, the teacher's daughter, told me she was like, when I told my mom your grade, she was shocked. She was like, our Betsy got that much. That is not possible. At that point, I was so overjoyed at what God had done in my life. And that's the God we serve. Growing up, I've heard testimonies uh, and of miracles God has done in people's life, in many great speakers' life. And I always thought that their life was probably had to be perfect. And that's why I shared my testimony today, because I just told you before, I have messed up. I have messed up so many times in my life. But I also have come to realize that, especially in the last few weeks, that I spent, I have spent so much of my time on things that I don't have instead of, things, instead of all the things that God has done in my life. This past three weeks, the amount of time I've spent with God, my love for Him has grown a lot more than it has in the entire year. And I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter whether you've messed up, it doesn't matter if you haven't prayed or read the Bible in years, God still loves you the same. His love for you does not decrease just because you mess up. He loves you this, exactly the same way. He wants you to come towards him. Most of the time, including myself, when something bad happens, the first thing I do is run away from God. I'm like, oh God, I don't want you to see this. I, I don't want you to see my mess. But God wants us to take our mess to him. You know, we spend so much time trying to be perfect. Like before, when I talked that we have to be available, sometimes the reason we're not available is not that because we don't have time. It's because we are in, in a place where we, we just don't know what to do. We are like, for me especially, I was like, if I do something wrong and if I, if I feel guilty, I tell God, God, I cannot pray today because I did something wrong. But that's not the right way to look at it. It's, it should be the other way where you say, God, I'm going to come to you and tell you the truth. I did mess up today. I did not do what I was supposed to do. I did a lie. I didn't sing. Whatever it is. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to come near him and spend time with him. What a God do we serve who loves us so much more than our Heavenly Fathers. The one thing I've asked God recently, I said, I wish I have childlike faith. And by that, I mean, as a daughter, if I ask my dad for something and if he says no, I'll get upset. That is true. But eventually that will bounce back. Right, within a probably within hours, I'll go ask my dad something else. Then why is that with God when we doesn't when things don't happen the way we want it to happen, we step away. We just we just get completely mad at God for it. Our God allows us so much more than our parents. He can give us everything else he wants in this world, which he has already. All we need is tap into it. A quick recap. To be connected with God, make yourself available. It, you don't have to make seven hours. It can be five minutes where you take and make yourself available for God. Read the word of God. Spend some time with him. Pray with him. Tell him the truth. He loves you very much so. May God bless you with these words. Thanks for tuning in. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And we encourage you to keep searching God's word and listening to his voice. We'll see you again on the next one.